0: Hello and welcome to the CEO Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Ted Harrington, co-founder of the Internet of Things Village and executive partner of ISE, the company of ethical hackers. And Ted, you've been known for hacking medical devices, passwords, and you've actually fixed issues for lots of companies, including Google, Amazon, Disney, Microsoft, Netflix. So I would say you are definitely an expert in your field. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm trying to learn every day. That's, I guess, the core of becoming an expert, right?
0: Yes. Well, and done some research on you. You've been in over 100 media outlets, so to speak, in print, and they talk about how also you've succeeded in leading teams of people. And in being the head of cybersecurity and other security matters, tell us a little bit about how have you succeeded as a leader?
1: Yeah, my whole leadership philosophy is that My role, my purpose is to build leaders capable of building more leaders. And that's, I think, different from the way that a lot of people think about leadership. A lot of people think about leadership is how do I get the people who are reporting to me or are following me in some capacity, how do I get them to succeed? And that's true. But my vision, I try to see the one step further. And the Mm. reason for that is if I can build leaders who then themselves are capable of building more leaders, Mm. then my impact as a leader is exponential. And that's one of the things that I'm constantly striving for. Some days I feel I'm doing better at it than other days. I'm Mm -hmm. human, like all of us. Mm -hmm. But that's certainly what I'm what I'm striving for. And as I've thought about that vision, if that's what I'm going for, then the next natural question it begets is, well, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And for me, the thing that has, I think been my most effective leadership trait has been just listening. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so simple, but it's actually really hard to like
0: truly
1: hear what your people are saying. And a lot of times it means putting myself in uncomfortable positions. For example, I, I send out a survey to the people who I lead and ask, hey, what am I doing well? Do you want more of? What am I not doing well? Do you want less of? What am am I failing to do that you wish I was doing? And it's a real real hard Mm -hmm. thing for your ego to go through because most of what comes back is the things that you need to improve on. But we have to go through those difficulties if we ever want to improve our skills
0: and level up. Wow. So on this show, a lot of Leaders are listening because it's mentorship is almost impossible these days, and so I'm of course curious. How did you get to this point where you knew this?
1: I completely agree with you that mentorship at the top of an organization becomes scarce. And unlike maybe when you're in earlier stages of your career, when maybe you have a boss or a series of people above you, or maybe you can go to someone else's boss, like there's there's more opportunities for mentorship when you're a more junior in an organization and once I realized that I didn't have that same access to mentorship anymore, what I did was I said, well, where do I get that? And so the ways that I found my own levels of mentorship were one place that, I mean, it sounds kind of simple, but also is remarkably powerful is through books. I mean, just every single leadership question you could possibly have, someone has written a book about it. And that's a lot of what I've done. I mean, even that philosophy I was mentioning before, this idea of leaders building other leaders. I don't even remember what book it was from, but there Mm -hmm. was a book that I read that idea or somehow that inspired that idea. And so that's one way definitely is through reading and then through other leaders themselves. And so I find myself sometimes to my wife's chagrin, you know, when we're maybe out at dinner with friends or like traveling somewhere and we, I meet someone else who's themselves a leader. I it's I can't even stop myself. I just switch mm. into this mode of, well, how do you do this? Tell me about, this. I have this problem. How is that? My wife's like, we're just trying to have a glass of wine. Can you just pump the brakes for a minute? <laughs> but you got to find those up op- wherever you can see it. It's on airplanes, it's in bars. I mean, obviously we're not around people quite as much now in the pandemic, but it's all around us. We just Mm -hmm. have to ask the questions of every person that we can.
0: Well, I think that is one of your positive blind spots that you are constantly looking to improve yourself. And I think that's you see things because you're interested in continual improvement. And as a leader, I think that is definitely key. And you also mentioned asking for feedback. That takes a lot to be able to do that. So tell me, was there ever a time as a leader where you struggled or where you discovered your own leadership line spot?
1: Well, I think that I struggle as a leader every day. (laughs) And I think that's one thing that we as leaders definitely have to not only acknowledge, but embrace that it's okay for us to realize that we don't know everything and that we're constantly trying to get better. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's, That's certainly my leadership ethos is keep getting better. That's, I mean, that's what security is all about. That's why this is my chosen field because Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how I'm wired, but we have to be okay with the fact that we don't know everything. And that sort of imposter syndrome that so many of us feel where it's like, well, everyone else kind of has this figured out. Do I have this figured out? You know, I, I shouldn't tell people I don't know the. But I say reject that and be willing to be vulnerable and ask questions and, and understand that you, you don't know a lot of things. And certainly I have found blind spots. I feel like I'm finding them all the time. And this process that I go through of seeking this feedback, which as I mentioned, is unpleasant and uncomfortable at times. It's just, it's amazing. The types of blind spots that I've found. For example, I've gotten feedback about things that even just the way that maybe I say something is mm. sometimes understood differently than was intended. You know, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. So an example would be, I've said things like maybe in passing to somebody, oh, this would be a kind of a cool idea, or I don't like that that much. But mm. in my mind, I'm thinking more like we're having a discussion about this idea, but the way that it's received by the person who sees me as this leader is well, Ted has just made a directive. Yeah. And he is telling me it must be this way or it must not be that way. And that makes them feel a certain way because I certainly, maybe I presented it like callously when I yeah. said it might be something they've worked on for weeks. And I'm like, oh, should it be this other way? And <laughs> that I ask a lot of questions, as you might imagine, based on even just a few things I've said so far. I ask a ton of questions. Yeah. And this is one of the things I still don't actually know how to deal with. And I would be very receptive to any feedback from your listeners who could. Give me advice on this, but I ask a lot of questions because I'm curious and I want to understand the ideas that my people are working on. But sometimes they perceive that as I hate it. Like, why else would Ted ask this many questions if he wasn't poking, trying to poke holes in it? <laughs> Shouldn't he just celebrate it? And in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I don't quite know how to rectify it, other than just telling people like, hey, when I ask questions, it's it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And that's how I deal with it currently. But that's certainly one of the things I didn't know about until one of these leaders that I was building into another leader brought that to me and said, hey, when you talk to this other person, this other person, she gets kind of worried mm-hmm. because of the questions. I was like, wow, I never knew that. I'm glad I now know that. So now I can think about what to do about
0: it. Well, I so appreciate you bringing that up because I think that must be one of the top 10 leadership blind spots. I have it with my clients a lot too, that they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know I came across that way. And you're, I heard you say you're married and it's kind of like when you're married, can't say I love you just once and stop at that. So it's almost like you have to remind people of that over and over. And sounds like you've made great progress there.
1: That's great advice. I'm actually going to I'm going to start doing that, <laughs> prefacing it with that. So here I am learning. I'm on the, I'm on this podcast and I've got a tip to go home with. So thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we're about to learn from you too, because as we start to wrap up the show, you said earlier, we're still in the pandemic, but it seems to me like you're in a constant pandemic because you're constantly helping companies with unexpected security breaches and issues. So as we start to wrap up, what would you like leaders to know about potential situations that they may want to watch out for that might cause a crisis that they haven't anticipated?
1: Yeah, when it comes to security so I wrote a number one best selling book called Hackable How to Do Application Security Right and in this book I talk about this idea that I want to so strongly advocate for the listeners of this show to think about and it's and it's this most people think that security is a tax on the business right they look at it and they're like oh it's this confusing thing it's complex I don't understand it it's expensive and it's this thing that, like, well, maybe if I duck my head in the sand, I won't get a security breach, and I'll, you know, I'll live to see another day. And that's the way that a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Think about security. But what I argue, even though there's seeds of truth to that, what I argue is actually that what what security is, security is a competitive advantage. Companies who can actually secure their technology and can prove it to their customers or their investors or whoever is an external type of stakeholder who's asking these types of questions, if you can secure your technology and you can prove it, that's going to help you close more sales faster. Hmm. It's a huge competitive advantage. It's hugely differentiating against the competition because here's here's two facts we have to keep in mind. Fact number one is that most companies, when they're doing business with other companies, they want that transaction. When they're working with another company, they want that other company to be secure because they don't want to have, as a result of working with this other company, now all of a sudden they suffer a security breach. So that's fact number one companies want the companies they do business with to be secure. Fact mm-hmm. number two, almost nobody can effectively bo- do both secure their technology and prove it. And I go in some great depth in this in my book about why that is. But the the point is everyone wants X. Very few people offer X. If you can offer X, it's hugely differentiated. Mm-hmm. So X is actually secure your technology and prove it. Security becomes a competitive advantage when you look at it in that way. And all of a sudden it's no longer a tax on the business. It's no longer this return on investment I can't measure. You can very much measure it and you can correlate it to your sales and marketing efforts. And in the process, you're doing this thing that really matters. You're actually securing your technology and it's it's a really powerful outcome. So that would be my advocacy. Think about security as a competitive advantage. Think about it as an investment to
0: maximize
1: as opposed to a cost to minimize.
0: Yeah, and I can only imagine how many stories you must have about the importance of of securing and I know you've done work with Google and Microsoft but are there what would you say to smaller to mid-sized privately held companies? Do you have a story like that, you know, that applies to them as well? Yeah,
1: I have we work obviously with companies beyond just the big names everyone recognizes those names for sure. But we work with plenty of smaller, maybe more funded startup type companies or medium-sized businesses. And those are probably the maybe middle of the bell curve of our customer based distribution. I can give you two stories that sort of compare and contrast the way that people think about security. So we had this one customer who we finished the security assessment. That's our business. We find the security vulnerabilities, we report them back. And then the customer Fixes them. And one customer, we went through that process, we shared with them the solutions, and they rejected it. They said, No, this isn't that big of a deal. We're not going to do anything with this. We have another customer who had the opposite reaction. And they said, You know what we're going to do? We're going to invest in security. We're going to, even though our money is tight and our resources is tight and our time is tight, we're going to make this core to who we are. Now, these two companies, fast forward about five years, the first company who pushed security aside, security actually prevented them from being able to get the approval they needed in their marketplace in order to sell their solution. Mm. Because the marketplace rejected the fact that they didn't think security was important to their solution. When it yeah. was. They went out of business. This other company, the other end of the spectrum that didn't yeah. have a lot of resources, invested a ton of time, money, and effort, and they were acquired for well over $100 million. Now, I'd be a fool to say they were acquired just because they were secure. Mm-hmm. And i would be a fool to say this other company only went out of business because they didn't understand how to do security right. But there was a commonality amongst these two companies. And it was how did they think about security? The company that prioritized it was living their values of quality and excellence and all those things and they achieve their ultimate outcome of successful acquisition, while the other company was sort of living counter to their values. And they wind up not succeeding in the marketplace. And that's really the key here is to do security right. It really starts with how you think about security.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for helping me think in a new way around that as well, because I like to add value to my clients. And this has always been a little bit of an elusive situation in terms of, do we spend money on on this or not? But I hear what you're saying is, especially nowadays, it's really seen as an asset uh, to any company rather than something to look at like an expense. And I appreciate the way you lead as a leader and what you have shared about your continual learning. And I know that people can find all kinds of things about you on the internet because you've helped so many companies, but what's the preferred way if some of our CEO listening clients want to contact you?
1: Yeah, I think the simplest thing to do is to just go to Hackable Book. Dot com And anything that came up today that is of interest to you, you can find there. So if you want to understand more about the book, certainly that information is there. But my email address, you know, how to get a hold of me is there. You can figure out how to follow me on LinkedIn or on Twitter, buy the book if you need it. But if you need to reach out to me to have help with your own security challenges, um, that's how to find me. So. Just go to hackablebook.com and whatever you need will be there.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you again for making yourself available and for helping us have a different mindset about security.
1: Thanks so much for having me. And I hope we can all get better together. I appreciate it.